0: Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Thank you, Lord. Well, what a great time of worship. Thanks, guys, for just leading us, uh, leading us through this morning. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but just love spending some time, just not in a rush, not necessarily just singing lots of songs, but having space to express our adoration, our worship, because at the end of the day, you and I are the worshippers and worship is what flows from our lives. Maybe in this setting like we have, but also the way we live is also worship to the Lord, how we live, how we relate and everything. The the decisions and choices we make is all connected with being worshippers in relationship with the Lord. Now, what I want to do this morning is, is bring together, or what I believe is right to do this morning, is bring together some of the things that have been shared the last few weeks just to, to kind of give the context of what I believe God wants to not just say this morning, but what he wants to do in us. Uh, you know, whenever we uh, are in some kind of setting with one another, whether it's in a small group setting or uh, on a Sunday morning like this or when, when it is possible to meet in person at some point hopefully that that will be something we can do soon uh, so we can be together, to worship together and obviously the, the scenario at Roffy the last few weeks, being, I know the guys that have been there have loved it and uh, as soon as we can open that up again we will do and obviously here in other venues as soon as we can we will do uh, because we, 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 it's so important to be together, to worship, to hear the word, but also the fellowship, the interaction of our lives together is so, so important. But while we are in this, this time, God is still speaking, God is still working, God is still moving uh, in, our, in our hearts and lives. And So what does it really mean at the moment to be the church? Because you and I, we are the church. The church isn't an organisation although it needs to have some organising within it. Uh, the church is a living body of people. You and I, we are. the Bible talks about us being living stones, that we're, we're alive together. It's a, it's a kind of organic, growing, moving body of people. It's brilliant how the Apostle Paul describes the church as a body because the body is constantly growing, developing, it's alive, it's working. All the different parts of the body interact in some way with other parts. And uh, even though an eye might be up in the head and you might have a uh, a foot at the other end of the body, uh, without the eye, the feet can 't take us where we need to go you can 't see it 's like you 're blind in that moment he, he, he talks about if we just had an ear but no uh, and we could hear but no nose and sense of smell, where would this and that and the other be and, and, and we, we are this this living organism of people that are all interconnected with one another, interdependent. Uh, on one another as a body of people growing together in the purposes of God. So, what what's God been saying over the last few weeks? You know, it's good to recap some things. Otherwise, we can go from week to week and, and just hear a message and say, Well, that was good, or I like that, or that really spoke to me, or I didn't get a lot out of that, or whatever. And, and, I think uh, what we want to do is we, we want to understand well what is God saying to us over a period of a few weeks, over a period of time, because it's it's not just what He's saying to us that we hear, but it's what He is working in us and what He is doing in us as we respond to what He is saying to us. And so a few weeks ago, uh, I, I brought a message uh, about the power of agreement and we looked at Matthew chapter 18 and we were we were looking at uh, what what is it at binding loose uh, as in binding the enemy, uh, restricting him from working, loosing off his holds and all the negativity, but then the, the uh, being in agreement, the prayer of agreement. And the context of that was was about people being in right relationship with one another in that unity of faith and heart and spirit with each other. That's where the agreement is, it's, it's not just, uh, a simple, just turn to somebody and say, would you agree with me? It's, it, Jesus was talking about the context of a lifestyle of agreement, people in unity and harmony and covenant really with one another. And in that place of agreement, there is power, there is release. And, and he says that my father will then do on earth what you are in agreement for. So there's this, this, so we're talking about the church, how the church is, how the church, if we can put it this way, operates um, in, in that sense, in the power of agreement. Then Pastor Colin, the, the week after that, brought a brilliant message on choices, the choices that we make. And what one of the things he will to summarize very briefly, he, he said that uh, the choices we make uh, can either be good ones or not so good ones, uh, but the choices we make, whether good or bad, lead to consequences. And those consequences can either be good ones or not so good ones, depending on the choices we make. and and that we are constantly making choices in our lives every day that determine certain things that are going on uh, in us. And he touched on uh, the choices that we make in terms of how we relate to one another uh, and and whether we get upset or offended or or whatever, and where we forgive and and others need to forgive us and we need to ask people to forgive us. And then he was also talking in the context of, of really being a people of love and how we love one another as the church. And I believe that God at the moment is speaking to us about being the church, uh, not just what is the church, but it's, it's really about being the church together. And on one level that might sound uh, a funny kind of subject to have at the moment when, when we can't physically gather in the way that we normally would on a Sunday, which is such an important moment where you, there's, there's nothing that replaces that everybody in a room worshiping, listening to the word and just fellowshipping, hanging out. There's, there's nothing that can replace that in the same way, that aspect of church. And, and, but yet God wants to speak to us about being the church. And uh, I think one of the things about being the church at the moment is, is God wants to remove any sense of just going to church in that sense and really wanted to uh, us to have a fresh understanding. What does it mean to, to be the church at this time? And then last week, uh, we had a message from Pastor Andy Elms. Now, some of you might think, well, we're just coming into a lockdown and then, but we have a message on evangelism, soul winning, reaching the lost. Uh, isn't that a bit of a funny message to have uh, before going into a lockdown? Well. We're going to unpack some things this morning that I believe God wants to, to speak to us about and, and we'll see how all three messages from the last three weeks are interwoven in the way that Jesus speaks to us and how he describes the church and the purpose of the church and what being the church really is and, and means. and. So that soul winning message uh, can be a bit like, well, you know, could you have had it a bit later, a few weeks time when we're coming out of lockdown? And, and uh, I believe God's speaking to us. OK, if you look at the last three weeks, there's some things about the power of agreement in twos and threes and just encouraging that. And we'll come back to some of that, OK, in terms of the relationships we have with each other, talking about the choices that we make and, and why are you, your choices and my choices so important? Because we're part of a body. And the choices you make because you are part of the body can affect The other parts of the body, both positively and negatively, depending on the choices that we make, the things that we do, how we are, because we're an interconnected, interwoven body of people, your life and my life, they they matter. They interact in different ways. And uh, so those choices are really important. And then what that means in terms of how that then affects people that don't know Jesus. So we're gonna we're gonna come to some of this stuff this morning and look a bit deeper into this. So let, let's uh, let's jump into Matthew chapter sixteen, and let's look at Jesus's description of the church, and and then we're just gonna unpack some things get really practical uh, this morning. So Jesus in uh, Matthew sixteen, the context that he is. Uh, in with the disciples. They're in um, up the north part of Israel. They're in Caesarea Philippi. There's loads of idol worship up there going on. And in that context, Jesus says, who do you, who do the people say I am? Then he says to them, who do you say I am? And Peter replies, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And what does Jesus then say? He said, this wasn't revealed to you by men, but by my Father in heaven. So then, in verse eighteen, okay, it says here. This is what Jesus says: On this rock, on this revelation, that I am the Christ, that I am the Messiah, the one that you've been waiting for, uh, on this rock, in this revelation, I will build my church. Now, when Jesus was speaking there, the word that he used was ecclesia, uh, and as we don't have that word in our in our English Bibles, but in in a it's a Greek word, and and. Ecclesia, which we're going to unpack in a minute, we, we've done, we've looked at some of this recently, but there's some other aspects to it. That I believe God wants us to see this morning, because of what it means to be the Ecclesia, be the church that God has called us to be in very real and practical ways. So it says, "On this rock I will build my Ecclesia, and the gates of Hades or gates of hell will not overcome it." Verse 19. In this context of Ecclesia and the gates of hell not overcoming. I, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, the word ecclesia, it does mean to be called out, to be separated or the word church, let's start there, it means to be called out, to be separated out. But the word ecclesia has a much stronger and a much deeper meaning than just using the word church. Uh, the word ecclesia was, was was also in the context that that Jesus was speaking. The Jewish people of the day, the people that he was speaking to, they understood what ecclesia means or ecclesia meant. Okay, in that day, if a, if a group of people gathered for a purpose, a specific kind of gathering for a specific purpose, it was called a, 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 an ecclesia, a called-out group for something specific, and. So that word wasn't a new word for those guys then. So when Jesus used that word, the Jewish people understood what he meant. It uh, it was used a lot in the Old Testament. So the first Greek translation of the Old Testament used the word ecclesia a lot to describe Israel as a body of people but when the word Ecclesia was used to describe Israel, it, what it meant was this Ecclesia, these people are a covenant community. So when he used the word Ecclesia, this is what the Jewish people understood in the time. So if he's saying, uh, I will build my Ecclesia He's saying, right, he's going to build something where he's going to to call people out of of one thing into following him and he's going to build his ecclesia. And the word ecclesia also they knew meant to govern and to rule. So if an ecclesia met in the local authority, local council, they were to make, they were to govern, they were to legislate and all of that. And, and, And for Jesus, the ecclesia, is a called out people who are going to govern and legislate. What does that mean? It means as a spiritual people, we have an authority to pray, we have an authority to decree the purposes of God, but we also have an authority to act in His name. But also the Ecclesia has a a wider meaning than that or a deeper meaning than that. What the word Ecclesia meant is a covenant community. Now, it's in that context of covenant that Jesus says, I'm going to build my Ecclesia. I'm going to build my covenant community of people. And in that context of covenant community and covenant relationship and what that means, which we'll look at in a moment, the gates of Hades will not be able to overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom and you're going to bind and loose everything uh, on earth that needs to be so that everything on heaven can be released on earth in the way it needs to be. So in that one little word, there's so much power, there's so much life and there's so much meaning. So Jesus says here, uh, I'm, I'm calling a people to govern, to rule, to reign. But at the heart of that, overcoming the enemy, overcoming the things of this world, at the heart of that is covenant. At the heart of that is covenant people. God is a covenant God. What does covenant mean? Covenant means I will never, ever leave you. I will never, ever forsake you. So God made covenant in in a a number of different covenants through the Old Testament that represented different aspects of what he's going to fulfill on earth uh, in terms of his purposes. Jesus came and he was fulfilling some covenants of the Old Testament and started a new covenant. Because what God, what God wanted was for mankind, for you and I to come into a personal, intimate relationship with him. And God calls that covenant. Jesus went to the cross, not because we, we deserved him to go to the cross. Uh, he went to the cross because we didn't deserve why he was going to the cross because God's a covenant God he wanted to bring us back to him and he said I need to I need to act as a covenant God in forgiveness, in cleansing, to make people right with me, to bring them back into relationship with me or to make it possible for people to know me and to come into covenant with me because I'm a covenant God that says, I will never ever leave you, never ever forsake you because I'm a God of promise. When I make a promise, I'm going to keep my word. And when we come into this covenant relationship with God, we then reciprocate back and say, God, I I not only want you to covenant with me, but I also, when I surrender my life to you, I want to come into a covenant relationship with you that says, I I never ever want to leave you and never ever want to forsake you. Now, in the Old Testament, when the word Ecclesia was used, it, it, it wasn't just Ecclesia about an individual. It was about a body, a group of people. It was about a covenant community. And this is how God sees the church. So Jesus came not only to fulfil uh, the, the things of the Old Testament so that we can say yes and amen to those things, but also he came to bring a new covenant that he then brings us into, not just individually with him, but he makes us a covenant people as as the people of God, as the church. So God's term, if you like, or terminology, God's word or language for relationship with Him and therefore our relationships with one another is covenant. Now, why is he a covenant God? Because he's a God of love. Now, god the word for God's love is agape in the Bible. He is love, that's his essence and his nature. And so because he's a God of love and it's agape love, it's a love that is based on his character, his nature, his will. So God loves despite the response that he gets back. Because he says uh, himself, for God, or Jesus talked about his father, for God so loved the world that he gave. So the essence of God's love is to give. Whether anybody responds or not is down to them. But he's still going to give because covenant says, I'm going to make covenant with you. I'm going to give to you. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to look to do things in your life. Regardless of how you respond, I'm still going to treat you in that way. And God brings us into that kind of covenant relationship with with Him. So if covenant means I will never, ever leave you or never, ever forsake you, what what does that mean for us then in terms of our covenant relationship with one another? Because God has called us to be a covenant people, a community uh, or a covenant community, if we can put it that way. So let's have a a look at a few things here. Firstly, covenant means I belong to you and you belong to me. See, this is what God says because of what he's done on the cross. And when we come into that relationship with him, what is God saying to us? He's saying, I belong to you, but also now you belong to me. We are one together. And Jesus speaks about this in, uh, in John 14, when he talks about, I and the Father are one and the Father is in me and I'm in him. And, and he's, he's talking about this kind of, you can't separate me from the Father. And then he says, and when, you, when you're in me, then you're in me as I'm in the Father. And as the Father is in me, then you're in the Father. And as the Father is in you, you're in me. And there's this, you can't separate the two. It's this intertwined relationship. And because he says, um, I belong to you and you belong to me, When we are born again, when we give our lives to Jesus and we surrender it, we are then brought into the body of Christ. Jesus is the head, but we're brought into this body. And when we're brought into the body of Christ, we we are brought into this covenant community of people called the church or called the ecclesia. and, And therefore we come into this, we belong to one another. I belong to you and you belong to me. So we're brought into this body. And and some of this maybe in a Western culture is a little bit foreign uh, because Western culture very much talks about the individual. Uh, It's a a very individualistic um, kind of culture. I know we have a global culture these days and uh, and, and everything, but but it's very much still uh, an individualistic thing. But yet when we come into the body of Christ, we, we become part of something, interrelated, interconnected. But then in that, in that context of I belong to you and you belong to me, what's another aspect of covenant? I will love you and allow you to love me. Now, the kind of love we're talking about is agape love. Without the Holy Spirit, we, we cannot love with an agape love. Because without the Holy Spirit, we don't have agape. We don't have the nature of God in us, the nature of Christ in us. But when we are born again and Jesus comes to live in us by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are now filled with his love by the Holy Spirit and therefore then enabled to love with agape love. And so this covenant kind of love is I will love you and allow you to Love me. So what does Agape do? The kind of love it's talked about in the Bible that uh, love covers over a multitude of sins. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean love ignores sin and just says, oh, well, never mind. Um, but what it means is I'm not going to love you based on your performance. I'm not going to love you based on what you do and don't do towards me, because God loves the world. People don't necessarily, people only come into a relationship of love with God when they give their life to Him. But at this moment, God, God is still loving the world. For God so loved the world that He gave. So the cross of what, and what Jesus went through showed that He loved the world. That he loves the world. And, but we only come into a relationship of love with Him when we surrender our lives to Him but he still loves regardless of how the world treats him. How do we how do we see that in reality? The first aspect of God's love that we encounter is his mercy. So God is being merciful to the nations. God is being merciful to the world at this time. God's not judging the world at this moment. There will be a judgment day when everybody's going to have to stand before him and give an account of how they've lived their lives. And every nation, the nations are going to have to give an account of, of how they've been towards God. And as the Bible says, towards the nation of Israel, how have they treated my land and my people. And the nations are going to have to give an account to God for what they've done. That's why we have a heart for Israel and we pray for Israel, the Jewish people and God's plans and purposes, because the whole world revolves around God and his purposes, which is around a little plot of land in the Middle East with a city called Jerusalem. And, and everything revolves around, around that. It doesn't revolve around America. It doesn't revolve around China. It revolves around that piece of land in the Middle East because the world revolves around God's God, his plans, his purpose and his word and what he's unfolding. So it says here, just to chuck that in (laughs) as we go along this morning, I love you and allow you to love me. So love is not based on performance. Love is based on nature and character of God in us. And it's a decision of the will. But also we need to allow people to love us and show love to us. Uh, sometimes when people do things for us, we, we can get embarrassed. Uh, sometimes people might buy you something, or they drop something, at you, you know, and they say, "I just wanted to bless you," and you go, "Oh, I you, you feel like, well, I don't deserve. It. I don't, you know, I should do that for you." And 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 sometimes, and, and it's great to have that humble, absolutely have that humble approach and say, "Look, I, you know," um, but you know, we need to allow people to to love us, to bless us uh, in. in in that respect. And there might be some things this morning uh, where we need to respond to just allow people in, maybe to our lives in a a new and fresh way for various reasons. Another aspect of covenant is, I will defend you and I will speak well of you. God always defends us, He'll always defend us. He'll always guard us, protect us, look after us. He He always speaks well of us. Uh, I don't know about you, but but as far as I'm aware, God has never said anything negative to someone else about me. And God has never said anything to me that is negative about someone else. Uh, Sometimes he can give you some discernment or some wisdom, some insight into something going on in somebody's life uh, that, you know, in some way, Or, or somebody can, God can do that to speak into your life. But he doesn't do it from the point of criticism and having a go and speaking behind your back. Uh, because we're a body, we need each other. We all have blind spots. We all have blinkers. I, I say to the leadership team around me, I say, Hey guys, if, 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 there's, if, you, if, you, if I'm doing something or saying something or I don't understand something or you think, Man, does he see that? Does he get it? I've said, if you think I've got any blind spots or blinkers in my life, please come and tell me. Talk to me. Uh, I might be the the pastor, but that doesn't mean you can't say, hey Clive, have you thought about this? Or Clive recently, la, 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 la. Or can I have a word with you, Clive? You know, this came across like this or that. Or have you thought about the other? And and we always want to be open and teachable in our lives for others to speak into our lives or to to have conversations with us. And and when it says, I'll defend you, I will speak well of you. If God does that with us, we, we, we want to do that with one another. There's enough attack that goes on out there. There's enough negativity that's trying to take us out in different ways out there. Uh, The news, just the news in and of itself. Uh, If you sit and watch it a lot, you're going to bombard yourself uh, with with stuff. But we want to defend one another, stand with each other. You know, if something kicks off, if something negative happens uh, with somebody else saying the life of the church or in some way or other, uh, no matter who it is, um, if, if you need to have a conversation with them, go and have a conversation with them uh, and put it right. If you don't know how to do that, Um, Maybe ask somebody that you know that might be able to help you and say, look, there's a situation that happened, I don't know how to approach, I don't know what to say. Maybe a small group leader or somebody that you know would have some wisdom. Uh, somebody that you, you know, your congregation leader, somebody in leadership, maybe somebody else you know, and say, Look, I, 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 I want to, can I have a conversation with you? But I need you to help me because I don't want to just talk about something and have a go and blame and be negative or upset about something. What I want to do is I want to go and have a conversation with this person to put it right because we understand being a covenant community is is about defending one another not being negative about one another in any way. And then connected is, I'm going to speak well of you. I want to encourage and speak well. Of, I don't want to speak negative to other people about a situation uh, that it might be going on i want to i want to make it right because my heart is i want to defend you i want to be right with you i want to be in agreement because we're in covenant together because we're part of the body isn't it amazing that that jesus is the head and we are the body but in the heart is in the body the heart is not in the head in that in that sense it's, it's like the the uh, and it's amazing how god wants his heart to be expressed through who we are as a people. Linked with that then is uh, another aspect to being a covenant community of people is I'll be quick to say sorry and quick to forgive. Quick to say sorry and quick to forgive. Sometimes we think because of how what somebody's done or said or how somebody's been with us we think well man you know if they've said that or acted like that then I've got a right to be upset or a right to be annoyed. Uh, there there are definitely things that go on where we're like, wow, you know, and, or you can get you upset or angry or annoyed. But it's, it's how we respond in that moment is really, really important because if we take offense, if we get upset with somebody and, and then start speaking negatively about them or blame them or we cut them off or whatever, what happens is it, it brings a division, it brings a divide between us and them, whoever the person is and, and ourselves and, and we want to be quick to say sorry. This is why uh, being open and honest is, is so so important in conversations. And 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 when you have a conversation with somebody and they say something uh, that saying, look, this this is I just find this really difficult, or you know I'm a bit upset about you know what we don't want to do is oh and then give all the reasons why you said this that or the other. Uh, we want to come towards one another with wow I didn't realise that I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Would you forgive me? Um, I, in my mind, these were the reasons I did this or said that, and obviously I didn't. I didn't appreciate it was going to affect you. I'm really sorry. Would you forgive me? And when we come with that attitude, okay, it feels like sometimes yeah, but I don't just want to say sorry because of this is what they've done to me or or this out the other. But man. Coming with that kind of humility diffuses so many situations. That doesn't mean you might not then need to have a conversation to make sure you're right with each other and and everything else. But if you come towards a conversation with humility and openness, uh, then, man, it doesn't then turn into a massive issue that it can explode and become um, uh, uh, very negative in, in that sense. So quick to say sorry and quick... To forgive. Another part of covenant uh, is I'll provide for you whenever you're in need, if I'm able to do so in that moment, and will seek to bless you. We see that in the early church, Acts chapter two, the way nobody was in need, and 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 people were obviously make uh, 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 at times they were selling land or whatever it was, bringing the money to the feet of the apostles. It's distributed out to wherever there was need. There was this this covenant community being expressed. Uh, some people think that, that, you know, if we're going to live like Acts chapter 2, then everybody just brings everything into the middle in a massive pot. And, and it's like, and, and they, they didn't live like that. But what, how they did live is, look, I, whatever I have is not just mine. Whatever I have is I'm a steward of it. And if God needs some whatever I have to go in this direction or that direction because I'm stewarding the resources and everything else that God has put into my life or bless me with, then then if that helps to feed somebody or clothe somebody or provide something, then that's how I'm, I'm part of being a steward and blessing other people in very, very practical ways. The, the moment we're in is one of those moments, isn't it, where where we're more aware of needs in people's lives. Maybe there are situations in, in the life of the church here where the, the, I might know, not know of at this moment. You might have lost a job recently or there might be a specific need in your life in some way. and. We as a a body of people, it might be people in your small group, people that you know. It might be that we as the sort of the church, as it were, need to help you or do something for you in some way. And and what we want to do as a body, we, we, we need to make each other aware of what's going on in our lives. We all know that the first direction we want to go in when a situation arises, we want to go that way to the Lord first. You know, when, if a situation arises and, and it's challenging, it can cause fear or anxiety or apprehension in us. We want to be like, okay, Father, before I talk to anybody else, I just want to talk to you first. I'm a bit freaked out, I'm, I'm stuff's kicking off in me. I'm like, I don't know how to handle it. I'm not sure. I don't even know what to say, Father, but I just, uh, I, I want to give it to you, Jesus, I, I just want to put whatever's going on. And sometimes we don't know exactly how to express that to the Lord. But maybe the first portal call, just go that way first and say, Father, you know, in, 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 I want to give it to you. Um, but at the same time, we're a body and, and we need to talk with others. And, and sometimes others have some wisdom, some insight, or even some practical things they can help us help us with. And so when it talks about provision, I'm here to provide for you, you're here to provide for me and, and for, to, for one another in that way, it's very, very practical. And especially at this moment with the lockdown scenario and uh, people maybe can't get out and about as much, or there's some challenges in different ways. Let's, if, if you hear something about somebody, somebody's in need in some way or other, if that's something you can meet or respond to, then I really want to encourage you to do that and respond. It might be that some, you, you find out somebody's in need, you think, well, how's that going to work out? If you find out there's a need, somebody's in need in some way or other, somebody needs some help in some way or other, please pass that on. If, if you can't meet that specific need yourself, pass that on either to your small group leader, your congregation leader, ring in the office, uh, you know, and, and uh, which is open, the office is open 9am till one PM every morning. Okay, so ring into the office, or if you've got a number of somebody on the, the staff team in some way, get hold of them and say, "Hey, this came up. I'm aware." Let's over communicate what we need to, rather than under communicate if there are needs and practical things that need to happen in people's lives. So let's let's provide for one another, and let's seek to bless one another. Another one is, I will honour you. We're going to bring, come to a close. There's loads more in here. not going to be able to finish it all, all this morning. I want to honour you. What does the word honour mean? The, the word honour means to highly regard or highly esteem someone. It really means in our context as the church to treat one another in the way that God treats us. God honours you and I. We often hear we want to honour the Lord, the way we live and the way we do stuff, but God honours you and I. Wow, that's amazing. And, and so the way that God honours us, the way he treats us, we want to treat one another. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and they said, oh, I've never heard anybody bring a message on, uh, you know, that where, where Jesus is asked, what are the greatest commandments or what is the greatest? And he said, well, the first one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. And it's it's and, it's an interesting one, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, when you think about how do you love yourself? How do you look after yourself? And when you think about how you look after yourself, Jesus basically was saying, as you look after yourself, you make sure that you, you, you eat the right foods, you're healthy, maybe do a bit of exercise, or you look after yourself, you shower, you keep clean, um, whatever else that means, to look after yourself. Um, He's like, do the same for others. And it's like, right, okay, so if, if I'm making sure that I'm sorted in mind, I want to make sure that those around me are looked after as well. And it's interesting in life, isn't it? Everybody's small groups in life. What do we mean by that? Everybody gravitates to a group of people, friendship group, basically a friendship circle in life, whether saved or unsaved, whether they know Jesus or not. Everybody has a group because people naturally small group, if we can if we can put it that way, and uh, in that context of small grouping in life, people you know, uh, uh, look after each other, care for one another, they look out for one another. When you've got a group of mates and friends, they're concerned for each other. If a need comes up, they're like, well, can I help you in that? Can I support you in that? Or or whatever it, it might be. And, and if the world does that just in a natural sense, how much more are we like that because we have the Holy Spirit uh, in us and the way we then want to honor one another and treat one another sometimes as the church we we when I say the church I mean you know sometimes central office uh, leadership whatever sometimes we don't always get it right or we miss some things and I know over the last few months there's been a few situations here and there where we, we've missed some things or not been as good pastorally as we might have been in one in, in a few situations or or we weren't fully aware of some things or whatever and and I know we we're having conversations with a few people and we've apologized where we've not done what I'm talking about this morning in, in the way that we, we need to. Um, and, and all of us can learn on this journey. We're all in an unprecedented moment that we're all learning on the way. There's things that are coming up that are like, wow, uh, you know, missed that one, or we weren't very good there, or or we we communicated because somebody thought somebody else knew, and and so what I've said to all my guys, all the leadership team and everything is let's overcommunicate. I'd rather five people tell me something going on than than nobody, and 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 somebody over there knew but never passed it on, and somebody got missed out, and we even see that in Acts chapter six, the early church were in revival. They were seeing phenomenal stuff happen, amazing things go on but yet it says in Acts 6 that some of the widows were getting missed out in the distribution of food and some of them or, or somebody anyway somewhere was complaining it says in there there were complaints about something going on that these people were getting overlooked so the apostles gathered uh, the leaders gathered uh, I don't know it says gathered the disciples whoever they were the, however many that was and, and said okay guys choose seven people from amongst you who are known to be full of wisdom faith and this that and the other and let them take that on let them let them distribute food to make sure that nothing is, is missed at that in that moment. So even when the Holy Spirit is moving and things are amazing, like it was in Acts chapter 6, there can still be some, some gaps and cracks that appear. And, and so in this time, we want to make sure that any gaps and cracks are filled, they're not there. And so I just want to ask you for some grace at this time as, as, as we're seeking to navigate some things we haven't had to navigate. And if there's some things that we've, we've not done very well, uh, as, when I say as a church, you know I mean, maybe from a leadership point of view, filtering through, then I, I apologize for that. And I'm sorry for that. And, and we're seeking to, to make sure that what we have in place across the life of the church is really solid, stable, and, and and doesn't miss out the cracks in, in, in that way. But also we need to understand that you and I, we are the church together. And and when we talk about the church, we're talking about ourselves. And, and one of the things I want to encourage you at this moment is be the church that you want to be part of. Be the church that you want to be part of. And, uh, and if you see a need, meet that need. If you, if you find out something you need to pass that on, pass that on. But let's be the church that we really want to be. And then finally, before we just pray, because we, we're kind of running out of time this morning. Last part of covenant is I'll be, well, that we're looking at this morning. I'll be faithful to you, uh, not as you are faithful to me, but I will be faithful to you because God is faithful. He's a God who is in covenant with us and he always fulfills his covenant promises. So we sum that up in I'll never ever leave you never ever forsake you. And then this last verse, we haven't got time to really go into depth this morning, but Jesus then in the context of his understanding, when he uses the word Ecclesia, that we're a called out people for a purpose to rule and reign and govern and everything else. But as a covenant community, he then says this. He says in John 17 verse 20 onwards, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. The word one there means singleness of heart and action. When you unpack the word he used, may they be one. May they be be of singleness of heart and action in the way that they live. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you his Jesus was singular of heart and action with the father may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me i have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one i in them you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Now, there's more that we were going to look in, into, but it's interesting how often when Jesus speaks about this covenant community, this oneness, he then also says, so that the world may see, so that the world may know. Then also he, in John 13, he speaks the same thing. He says, a new command I give you, love one another in the same way that I have loved you, you must love one another. Then he says, if you love one another in the same way that I have loved loved you then the world will know so Jesus doesn't separate out loving one another and loving uh, as a church a community a covenant community he doesn't say that he doesn't separate that out from being a witness what he says is no as you are one in me one together loving one another in very real and practical ways then as you are that and you be that the world will know so what does that mean in practice in this moment because we're in a bit of a lockdown, communication is not as easy uh, in terms of physically being with each other. So when you think about something, make that call, someone, make the call, send the text, send the WhatsApp, connect through FaceTime, Zoom, whatever it might be. Uh, one of the things I've been doing, sometimes I've just been doing whatever and I've suddenly thought about a person, i thought, oh, how are they doing? And so I've got my phone out and then text them, say, hey, how are you? How are you doing? How's it going? I haven't seen you for a while, just thinking about you or whatever. And sometimes, you know, in the moment we, we, and and there's been a few times when I've done that in in the morning and somebody's texted me back and they've had something going on that day, uh, a challenge in their life. I had no idea, but yet the Holy Spirit does. And, And just sending a quick text of, hey, how are you doing? Thinking about you this morning, are you doing okay? And it's like, actually, no, I've got a bit of a challenge on this scenario's come up. And, and, and then you can give them a quick call. How you doing? What's going on? Can I pray with you? And, and or is there anything I, I can do practically that might help you in this situation? So just be listening, be open. God might put people on your mind. You might suddenly think of that. Well, text them, ask them, Hey, give them a call. Just, just act in the moment because you never know what that might lead to. So let's connect in that way at the moment. Just want to give you one example. There was a lady who, uh, of, of how somebody's loved someone. There's a lady who hasn't been connect through the whole of the, since the beginning of April to any other Sunday morning meetings uh, because uh, she hasn't got any other technology in her house and all of that. I only found this out like literally a few weeks ago. And, um, uh. So somebody else, a friend of hers, has been phoning her every Monday and then recounting the message and what God's been saying to the church because she, for whatever reason, hasn't been able to connect and doesn't have any technology like that in her house. And so she's been phoning it the next day saying, right, this is what the message was. This is what the scriptures were. This is what God's saying. And uh, which has been brilliant. And I thought, wow. That's amazing that somebody's done that for somebody else. How, you know, uh, And it's like, well, okay, maybe we need to help somebody with a bit of technology or help them to connect in, in some way uh, as well to, to, to kind of do that. But see, that's, that's loving someone in a very... The, the person who's phoning their friend has taken time to jot down all the scriptures, all the key points so that they can then recount the message back to their friend the next day or that afternoon or whatever it is to, to keep them up to speed with everything God's doing. and uh, and saying one scripture, then we're going to pray. Romans 13 verses 8 and 11 from the truth. I know time's scooting away. We're going to pray now. There is one debt that you should always have, to love each other. The one who loves fulfills God's purposes for his life. For love is really the fulfillment of what God has commanded us to do or covenanted us to do. Verse 11, no matter what the situation, love is always to be the guiding principle by which you live. It's it's time to stir yourself and ensure that you do this in practice, demonstrating that you are living the good in the good of the salvation God is giving you. Amazing. Let's just pray for a moment. Father, we thank you that you have brought us into covenant relationships. I will never, ever leave you. I will never, ever forsake you. Father, we thank you that you've made us a covenant people that's very, very real and practical. Father, one of those areas was, I love you and allow you to love me. Maybe some of us find it difficult to receive Love. Now there might be some specific reasons for that. And if if there are, I know this morning you can say to the Lord, Father, I don't know if I really want to allow people in because of things that have happened. I'm not sure if I can really trust people or or whatever's gone on. It's important to be honest and open with the Lord and to give all those things to him. But also sometimes it's helpful to pray with someone. And there might be situations where, you know, actually it'd be really good just to chat with somebody and pray together so that somebody can help walk with me So that things change in my my life, and if that's if that's you in your particular situation, I want to encourage you. If you're in a small group, maybe get hold of your small group leader. If there's somebody that you know, actually, I'd, the, if I talk to this person, they can they could help and pray with me. Because God wants to meet us at our point of need, but then bring us through that the other side. So there's a freedom there to express His life and love to others, but also to be able to receive His life and love from others, ourselves. Maybe now just for all of us, just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you just be my nudge this week? People you want me to text, call, be in touch with. I might not have have been in touch with them for ages. I might not know how they're doing. If there's anybody you want to just drop into my heart, hey, give them a text, give them a call, be in touch. And whatever that leads to, let's be open to that. If you practically need some help because you can't get out and about and you need some food, talk with somebody. Talk to the people you know in the church. Call in the office and say, hey, uh, I need some help practically. Let's be the church together going forward. Let's look out for one another. I know there's a lot of this already happening and it's absolutely brilliant. Some of the things people are doing for one another, helping each other out is awesome. Let's continue to do that. Let's continue to be the church. So that the stories that come from our lives when we're talking to our friends that don't know Jesus and say, this is, this is what's been happening in my church, this is our love, this is what it looks like when people do this and that and the other for each other, let our lives become a testimony of stories of how we love one another so that the world may know, the world may see, because it's all intertwined. So Father, I thank you for your grace, your hand upon every home, every household at this time. We speak your blessing over every one of our lives. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, we've been talking about a love that never fails, that goes on forever, it's everlasting. And you're like, well, I don't know a love like that. I don't know anybody like that. You can come into a relationship with God today and begin a relationship with Him. And if that's something going off in you right now, in your heart, in your life, and say, I want to know this unfailing God, this God who is love, as as you've been saying this morning. You can simply just say to God, I'm here. I don't know you, but I want to know you. Surrender who I am. I need your forgiveness. Please would you cleanse me and forgive me from everything I've done that has separated me from you. And God, I ask you to come into my life, to be Lord from this day on. Now if you Prayed that, or you got anything going on in you like that, and you want to, if you're with others in a room now that know Jesus, have a conversation with them once the meeting's finished this morning. If there's nobody there, you're on your own, or there's nobody around you that knows Jesus, if you don't know anybody you can contact where you are that does know Jesus, please get in touch with us. Info at kingdomfaith.com. Info at KingdomFaith.com. Get in touch with us and we'd love to get in touch with you and help you take your next steps forward with in a relationship with, with God. So guys, really be blessed. Sorry, time's really motored this morning. And uh, have a, a blessed week. Uh, let's connect, look out for one another and uh, let's be the church this week. Bless you. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you.